Got so many strongest soldiers, so it's never over Even if you need someone to hold you to keep your composure Even on the days you're moving slower and can't seem to focus You were meant for greatness and you know it, you just gotta show it Know you questioned life a couple times, but it's okay you growing Know you gotta read between the lines, but it's okay you on it Know you got some people in your life that's gonna make you want it Know you got some people by your side when you look into their eyes All you ever do is smile cause they make you worth it Already know this life ain't perfect, but you gotta work it Welcome kings and queens to One Sick Beat. I am your host, Certified One Sick Beat. Here at One Sick Beat, we don't cry, we thrive, we don't whine, we whine. Shout out to E40's Mango Moscato, okay? The definition of One Sick Beat is a strong individual that faces or fights through unimaginable, undeniable, courageous battle that life throws at you without warning, but you refuse to carry the spirit of brokenness. Today, I am blessed with a guest named April, virtually April. She is amazing. She's sweet. She has a heart of gold. She even helps your girl out, do some things that I know I'm slow on, but she's great at. Uh, she has ultracolitis, but that's just a piece of her. She is one sick beat with ultracolitis. So welcome April and thank you for being a guest on One Sick Bee Podcast. How are you today? I am great. I'm actually a little nervous. I like, I am so excited for this. And I just feel like, I don't know, I, I feel like I'm in the presence of greatness right now. Oh, <laughs> so and just the I, fact I that you, you allowed me to share this, this platform with you. I'm just I'm, I'm very grateful. So thank you I'm, so much for having me. You're, you're welcome. Uh, so let's get into COVID. We're still in COVID. This is year two and a half. COVID has brought some great things out of people and it's also put people under stress. It's been great because it forced me to open up, which I already had been planning on doing, but it gave me that extra push. And it also was a downside. Uh, I've lost two family members to COVID, but they're with God and I know it's all good. And my grandma and my cousin are looking down. So I'm thankful for that. But how have you been during COVID? You know, it's so funny because in the beginning of COVID, I was living my best life you know like the world kind of slowed down and I was enjoying the break you know um but then you know now a year and a half into it <laughs> and living throughout this past year and a half I feel like I have gone through probably the biggest emotional transformation of my life um I'm generally even still a very busy person like I I keep myself busy almost too busy um, usually too busy. And one thing that COVID forced me to do was to slow down and really sit with my emotions, really sit with, with who I am as a person. And I've learned a lot about myself. Me too. Um, yeah. But at the same time, um, going further into COVID, it also put some stress on me and actually threw me into probably two of like the worst flares I've had since I was diagnosed, you know, 13 years ago, but, um, it's been this year, I would say has been probably one of the most difficult years. I think finally going into, I don't know, kind of realizing that this is like the new normal as everyone likes to say. Um, but I struggled. I've really, really struggled one, um, mostly just because of, you know, at one time working in the public, having Definitely. an autoimmune disease. Um, now I'm on medication that suppresses my immune system. Yeah. So, it's caused some anxiety, um, some depression, and just kind of feeling like figuring out how I want to move forward, you know. Snowball effect. Exactly. And it's not like, as you know, it's not just one thing. 
Um, but it's like several things that build up, build up, build up, build up. And then the stress of COVID, you know, collectively on top of it, it just, it's, it's triggered some, some things in my, in my body and my emotions, my physical health. So those are all things that I'm kind of work. I'm still working through as we yeah. speak. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so let's get started. April has ultra colitis. April, if you can tell my kings and queens what ultra colitis is, can you also tell me back to when, take me back, excuse me, to when you got diagnosed? And if prior to that, if you kind of feel like you had some symptoms, go ahead, my queen, get started. Yeah, for sure. So ulcerative colitis is an inflammatory bowel disease, and it's very similar to Crohn's. So um, it's they call it kind of a sister disease to Crohn's, um, whereas with Crohn's, it affects any part of your digestive system. Ulcerative colitis, just for whatever reason, is strictly localized into the colon. So basically, your body attacks your colon, um, which causes ulcers. It causes internal bleeding, um, a lot of pain, a lot of discomfort. I mean, it's it's really an ugly disease, <laughs> um, mostly because it, it it deals with all those like ugly bathroom habits that nobody ever wants to talk about, you know? Yes. Um, so you get diarrhea, you can't hold your bowels, um, urgency, like during the worst of a flare, you might be going to the bathroom upwards of 20 times a day. So um, it's really painful. It's really stressful. But on top of that, it's also really embarrassing, you know, for someone, especially a young girl. So going Definitely. back to when I was first diagnosed, I was 20 years old kind of like in the height of, you know, your youth, you're finally feeling like an adult, you know, I was working, I was going like 100 miles an hour in, you know, a million different directions. Because, you know, when we're young, we think we're invincible. <laughs> and um, I remember the first time I ever noticed any symptoms, I went to the bathroom and there was blood in the toilet. And I had just run a 5k. And so I had been training for that. And, you know, just in addition to just life and how crazy busy my life was at the time. And I went to work the next day and I told my friend who was a runner and I'm like, Hey, you know, so I just ran this 5k yesterday. And I noticed when I went to the bathroom, there was blood in the toilet. Like, is that, is that like something that happens to like runners? Cause I was still kind of new, you know? And she's like, well, sometimes, you know, I've had that, you know, before it, it could be nothing, you know, just keep an eye on it. It'll probably go away in a couple of days. Well, it didn't. It just kept getting worse and worse and worse until, like I said, I was going to the bathroom 20 times a day, like, and it was just pure blood, pure blood. I had lost like 20 pounds just in a matter of like a month. I couldn't hardly eat anything. And um, so, of course, I scheduled a colonoscopy. I called my doctor. They referred me to a GI. I had a colonoscopy. And so within, honestly, three months of like the first of my symptoms, I, I had a diagnosis of ulcerative colitis. Um, but at the time, like the doctor literally came in and he's like, you know, I'm still groggy from the anesthesia after this procedure. And he's like, well, this is what you have. Go to the pharmacy, pick up this medicine and follow up with me in two weeks. And that was it. Like that was my introduction into like chronic illness and like nobody explained it to you further or you can sit down and say, these are some of the options. These are things that you things that you might face. No cushioning, no comforting, just a blunt out diagnosis and carry on. Right. That that's exactly it. That's exactly how it happened. Um, and so I was 
I had even never, I never even heard of this disease. I'm like, what, you know? And then when I actually went home and Googled it and looked it up myself, I'm like, this is like an old person's disease. <laughs> like it, there wasn't, I hadn't never heard of anybody, you know, my age ever did. I never even knew anybody who had this disease. So it just felt very isolating. It felt like literally like a bomb had been dropped in my life and just went off and then I was exactly. And then I was left to pick up the pieces, you know, and figure out how to, how to clean it all up. And so within just a few weeks of that first colonoscopy, I actually got worse, like, and it went downhill really fast. And so within two or three weeks of my initial diagnosis, um, like I said, my symptoms got worse. The medicine wasn't working. I was calling the doctor's office and saying, listen, like I'm, I'm getting worse. I was jaundiced. I was so anemic. Um, and the doctor was just like, just give it time. Just give it time. Just give it time. It didn't seem like, like it was urgent. And it wasn't until I had some friends that came by to visit because they hadn't seen me in a little bit. And they saw me for the first time. And like, since I had gotten diagnosed and they were like, you look bad. Like you look really bad. Like, yeah, I've had a friend tell me you look like death. I was like, well, thank you. <laughs> but you know what? The good thing is, is that probably saved my life for them to be so honest with me about yeah. that because they were like, you need to go up to St. Louis. So I live in Missouri and I live in kind of a small town. And they're like, if your doctor's not giving you, you know, the attention that you need, you need to go up to St. Louis, go to one of these bigger hospitals and you need to go today. And yes. it was so dramatic because there, it was the middle of winter. There was like an ice storm coming in. So literally we like packed everything up, got on the road and drove two hours. And I ended up in the ER and they, they admitted me and I was there for like two weeks. Um, and they were threatening, my colon had gotten so inflamed and so diseased, basically. It was just one huge ulcer and they were threatening that they were going to have to take my colon out like right away. So this was all within like four months of my first symptom and I'm like what the heck like <laughs> and here I'm 20 years old and they're like we're gonna have to take your colon out you're gonna have to wear a bag and it was just like too much at one time not oh enough my time gosh. to grasp it exactly and it was like here I was still just trying to even figure out what it was I had and now I was thrown into this whole new um challenge and the good thing is though um and again I feel like it was a god thing like ending up at that hospital when I did and where I did I ended up with an amazing uh, gastroenterologist who's my doctor now, even That's 13 awesome. years later. I love him. I feel like he saved my life um, and he saved my colon. Like we were able to get me on a treatment plan that, that happened to work. I love um, it that he uh, used everything else around it first before he took something that I have a friend who has an ostomy bag. She's gorgeous. She's wonderful. But before you had to get to that point. Right. And, you know, honestly, like even now, I know eventually it, I could end up there, you know, but and I'm, I'm totally OK with that if that ever happens. Right. But, um, you know, at the time when you're 20 years old, I was thankful that, you know, that I was able to or he was able to save my cold. Yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, so it was just so then now here we are 13 years later. And, and during that whole time, um, it's just been a roller coaster. You know, I was able to enjoy a few years of remission. Um, and then, you know, out of nowhere, it just, you, it's triggered and then you're down for a year. <laughs> yeah. Um, the ups and downs, the, in the middle of the valley, then you're at the height, then you're back down in the middle of the valley and, uh, some way, some form God sits with you in the middle of the valley. So you can kind of pull yourself up. I believe. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I agree. 
And it's just, it's been, it has been a journey. I mean, and I, the one thing that, you know, why I'm so vocal about like my disease and what I live with now is because I was that scared young little girl, you know, 20 years old, 20 year old, you know, young woman who felt like, what is it like who felt so alone who felt like so embarrassed to even talk about what was going on and what she was dealing with and I felt like I was the only one um and I definitely understand getting diagnosed at 17 in high school you are the only one that you know of uh because a lot of times people don't get diagnosed and uh like you said that little girl not necessarily want to speak up and not necessarily wanting that attention either mm-hmm because exactly. people don't understand it and then you got to explain it to everybody and then people still don't understand it. What was your support system? I, I actually, you said that you had great friends, shout out to your friends for um, acknowledging you and making sure that you got taken care of. Uh, how was your family's response to this? You know, my family was very supportive, um, but at the same time, they were learning at the same time, you know, like, so they didn't really know, like, we were all learning, like, what, because we don't have, as far as we know, we didn't have a family history of this, you know, I was the first person in my family to be diagnosed with this, Um, and so my family was very supportive, you know, they would sleep with me in the hospital (laughs) when I was there, like, so that was great, Um, my friends, I had a really solid support system with my friends, my church family, Um, so, that I'm, I'm very thankful for, and I'm, I'm so grateful for, but even with that, like, of all my friends, I was still the only one, so they would try to be empathetic, you know, and try to be supportive, but still, it's, it's hard to, it's, it's hard to explain, yeah, it's hard to communicate, it's, uh, I love my friends, they're always there, they're supportive, uh, when you're going through these battles, sometimes it's easier to connect with somebody who's going through it because they truly know what you're going through versus having that empathy and saying, I'm sorry for this moment you're having. I'm sorry for that moment you're having. But when you can connect with the autoimmune warrior, such as yourself or me, uh, we can say like, this sucks, we're in pain. And we can actually identify with what pain or that uh, we don't know what tomorrow. I always say better days are ahead when I'm going through my flare up. I call MS this bitch. My friends call, I say, uh, this bitch is here and they're like, oh, is she really? I'm like, yeah. And I always say that better days are ahead. So they know that, uh, how are you doing today? Better days are ahead. So you are so strong. You got diagnosed young. What has this battle taught you about yourself that you didn't know? You might have thought you knew, but you didn't know, or you found out what has this battle taught you? Oh, so many lessons, so many lessons. First off is that I'm, I'm much more resilient, you know, than I ever thought. Um, you know, in a way, I know some people like kind of hate to hear this phrase, like, oh, you don't look like you're sick, you know? And my response to that is, thank you. I, I try really hard. <laughs> thank you. Exactly. Thank, thank you. you. I'm, not, I'm not easily bothered <laughs> by that one either. Thank you, because yeah. I don't want to look like how I feel. Right. Exactly. I just say, thank you. I, I work really hard at that <laughs> to not look like yes. I feel. <laughs> yes. And you do. You look amazing. She is gorgeous. You guys can't oh. see her. She is absolutely gorgeous. Well, thank you so much. And again, and that's one thing too, that just this year, honestly, I'm 13 years into this, into this battle. And just this year, have I actually learned how to ask for help? 
Mm. how to really humble myself, you know, because I will say, you know, I always prided myself in not looking like I'm sick and I could be going through the worst flare and nobody would ever know, not even my close friends, not even my husband. You know, I went years without even, without even really him understanding how bad it was when I was going through a flare, even, you know, just the fatigue that you deal with every day. It's like, yeah, I'm tired, but you know, I got to push through, you know, I don't have time to I don't have time to, to lay down. I don't have time to rest and feel sorry for myself. I got to keep moving because life goes on. Exactly. When I, have up, I look outside, the birds are still flying. The cars are still moving past. So that means I got to keep going. A hundred percent. And this year really is the first year that I've given myself the freedom to rest when I need it. And, you know, to be open about like, you know what? I'm struggling. (laughs) Like I put on a smile, I put on my makeup, you know, I dress up because that makes me feel better. But at the same time inside, like I'm struggling, you know, I am struggling. Yeah. Yeah. And so I've learned to be more vocal, you know, about my needs when it comes to my loved ones, my friends, my husband, um, and even like in my business, you know, like with clients and, and work, it's like, you know, there was a time where I would just put on this mask and just, nope, keep it pushing, keep it moving. But it's like, now I'm actually learning, like, listen, if I'm going to, this is a lifelong journey, you know, whether I, (laughs) I want it or not. So I have to learn how to move in a way that's going to nourish me. That's going to fill me up because of, you know, burnout is real. Burnout is very real. And it's so much easier when you're, you know, a chronic illness warrior to get burnt out. And, you know, we don't, we don't have the energy that a, a quote unquote healthy person has. So it's like, we have to be, have to be modest. You know, we have to be mindful of the fact that yes, we do have a chronic illness and it's okay to be kind to yourself. It's okay to give yourself a break. Um, and that's something that I, I'm just learning. This right. Year. So now that you're learning how to celebrate you and take time off, what ways does April celebrate, take time off. What do you do to help you, your mental, your physical, your all around well-being? Mm -hmm. So um, something I've learned is that I, I show up better for other people when I show up for myself. And that part right there, (laughs) right? Truly that part there, I'm hands, hands down. Exactly. So I, and I, I do, I I tend to be the person I want to give the best of myself, you know, to those that I love, but I can't give the best of myself if I'm constantly, you know, putting myself last. Yeah. So something that's helped me is, you know, exercise when I'm eating right. Um, when I, I feel more inspired when I feel, when I'm taking care of me, when I'm doing things that, that nourish me. And so some like, People make fun of me because I did fall and I actually broke my arm this summer, <laughs> but I love to roller skate. Like that's my, that's I've my thing. That and it's, you do a great job at it because I don't even roller skate. I'm the black girl that's on rollerblades. Okay. Okay. I got rollerblades too. So if we're ever in the same, same I area, would definitely come rollerblading with you. Yeah. I'm not going to do the skating, but I'll definitely do the rollerblading. I'm with that. Yeah. I love it all. And it's just, for me, I, I, I need to be outside. I need to get sunlight. Um, so I love roller skating outside. I love rollerblading, you know, either one. Um, so that's one thing that I, I try to incorporate in my daily life. Um, also like prayer and meditation. That's a big part of my life, my faith. Yes. I think that's yes. one thing that has really helped me to just keep, keep my hope burning, you know, keep that, 
keep that positive attitude to know that I'm yes. living for something greater. Yes. Um, you know, living and this life isn't purpose. all there is. Yeah, yeah, exactly. This, this isn't all there is, you know, yeah. so this is just a piece. Exactly. It's a, piece. it's a heavy piece of us, but it's just a piece because mm. we're way more than that. So exactly. let's get into this virtually April. April is a business owner of virtually April. Um, I'll let her explain to her what virtual April is about, but I wanted to reach out to April outside of her ultra colitis. Um, these are jobs that people with MS, chronic ultra colitis, Crohn's, any auto type of autoimmune disease were kind of restricted and at home. And uh, these are jobs and that are available to us. So April, can you please tell us about your beautiful, awesome being ownership of virtually April LLC? A shout out to you for thriving and uh, doing this with everything that you have going on. But to actually empower others is amazing that you're setting a different bar and letting people know it's okay and uh, giving them the knowledge to start their own working as a virtual assistant. Please tell me, because I just kind of mumbled through that last part. Go ahead. Yeah, so exactly. So virtually April Michelle. So I am a high level virtual assistant. Um, I'm also a um, business coach and mentor for chronically ill individuals who want to learn how to build a profitable and flexible business from home as a virtual assistant. So the whole reason why I even got into this business is because kind of long story short, um, I started out as a health coach and I, you know, did some online schooling to get certified as a uh, holistic health practitioner. And that was partly stemming from my own journey just with autoimmune disease. And then the pandemic hit, like I had invested in this, this business program, like thousands of dollars, the pandemic hit. And I'm like, oh my goodness, I just spent all this money to build this online health coaching business, you know, and people are just worried about how they're going to pay their rent. You know, people yeah. are, you know, nobody's going to pay me for my services <laughs> right now, you know, when the world is on fire. Right. And um, so in the meantime, you know, I had some colleagues of mine, I had started just helping them with their business. So we were all going through this program together. Um, and I realized like, I'm really good with, with tech. I'm really good, like creatively. Um, I love to coach, but I also kind of love those nuts and bolts aspects of my business. Whereas a lot of other online business owners, like, you know, they don't like that <laughs> or they don't know how to do that, or they, they don't have time to do it. And so with my friends and colleagues, I just started helping them with some of the back end of their businesses. And one of my friends one day was like, April, you really should charge for this. You're really good at this. And I'm like, huh, you know, I didn't really think about that. And Mind um, you, I can't afford her and I need assistance, <laughs> but go ahead. But hey, I can hook you up. I can hook you up though. <laughs> but yeah. And so I kind of switched gears and I just started kind of doing freelance work as a VA on the side to kind of cover the overhead expenses of my health coaching business. Well, in the meantime, like my VA business took off and like in it, within a month, I was making more in my VA business than I was in my health coaching business, which wasn't that much. Um, but I realized like, hey, I've got something here and this is something I really enjoy. And when I decided to actually launch my business, literally within three days, I had my first client. I was making $45 an hour. That was more money than I'd ever made in my life, you know, with, and that's without a degree, without any experience, my Look very first that. client. Yes. 
And from there, within three weeks, I had like five more clients. <laughs> and it just, it, it, it steamrolled and it just, I mean, it, it took off. Effect in exactly. A way. Exactly. And it was work that I enjoyed. It was work that I could do from home. Honestly, it was work that I could do from my toilet. <laughs> I needed to. Yeah, you know, when I no, there. Honestly, yes. Exactly. I bring my little laptop in there. I have my little desk in yes. there and I would be fine. Um, so I could still make money. I could still make a living even when I was, you know, flaring and I could set my own hours. I could, you know, work my own schedule. And I just realized, you know, once I started doing this, I'm like, other people need to know about this. Like there is like the VA industry is an $85 billion industry. And especially since COVID, so many businesses and business owners have had to pivot online and they need a virtual team to help them in that transition. Exactly. As you know. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I definitely know. I agree with you. And when you're in like that entrepreneurial space, you know, you start connecting with other coaches, other business owners, and you realize like these, these entrepreneurs, these small business owners, they need support. Um, and they're willing to pay people good money to help them in yeah. their business. And so from that stemmed my course, um, which I launched last year. So it's, it's called the virtual, the virtual home-based business blueprint. Okay. And Throughout that course, basically, like I said, is designed to teach those with chronic illness how to build their own business from home as a VA, charge premium prices, and do it in a way that supports their health. Um, because so many of us, when you do work a nine to five job, and I know it's like I've, I've worked that nine to five job, and then the whole weekend I spend in bed just recovering so I could get back up on Monday and do it all over again. Definitely did and, that to my career. I understand what you're saying. You flare up, you got to bounce back because you got to come mm -hmm. back. And if mm -hmm. you sometimes you feel like you have to reprove yourself again because people kind of, you know, if you take long periods off. Exactly, exactly. So it's just not, it's, I, I want for people to know that they have options. Um, and sometimes we get stuck, you know, in a rut because we think that's all we can do. It's all we've ever done. And we don't see the way out. Well, this is an opportunity for a way out, you know, to, to get out of that rat race, to be able to work for yourself, um, whether it's a side hustle or you want to make this into your main hustle. Um, there's money to be made. There's room for all of us in this in this industry. Um, so and I love for one, I love coaching and I love that I've been able to kind of fuse my health coaching business with my VA business and help people again, to learn how to build a business in a way that supports their health and doesn't harm it. So that's how I virtually did. April Michelle was born. Um, I love uh, through this interview, if you uh, listen to her, she's inclusive. She says, we, uh, there's money for us mm -hmm. to be made. She's inclusive in everything that she says and uh, learning through her journey and uh bringing in other autoimmune disease warriors who are at home, who actually have these assistant talents. I thought it was interesting when I first had seen it, just for the simple fact that I was the executive assistant for the state attorney. And then I became um, an executive assistant working at the University of Kentucky. When my health made me retire, was crushed, just crushed by it. But I knew the reality was that at the end of the day, I can be replaced, but my family can't replace me. 
So you starting going through what you're going through and then to think of others, to way to help others to do the same thing that you're doing and to have the mental capacity to say, this is for us. This is for everybody. Let me show you how you can soar. It's just amazing, April. Uh, mm -hmm. you, you are amazing. You oh, thank you. have no problem including and you have no problem educating others. Um, what are some words of advice that you could give to another warrior to keep on going? So my advice to someone who's struggling um, is really to know that for one, you are a warrior. I mean, warriors, they, they get knocked down, <laughs> they get bruised, they get, you know, they get injured, but they keep fighting, they keep fighting. Um, and that's what this is. It's, it's a lifelong fight. And I, I, you actually said something and, and it was in um, your intro song about God only gives uh, the toughest battles to his strongest, the strongest soldiers. Exactly. I believe that. I always have believed. And I, I'm a firm believer that we were not uh, tried beyond what we can bear. And if we feel like it's, you know, and I also love the scripture when we're weak, then we're powerful. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes even in our most physical in our, in our, our weakest times physically, that's when we show the greatest strength, um, you know, mentally and emotionally and yes. we keep fighting. So, and another thing too, is I would say it's something that really helped me um, is to surround yourself, to connect with other autoimmune warriors, surround yourself with people who are doing great things um, despite those challenges. Because, you know, when I was first diagnosed, that was before like the hashtag, you know, autoimmune warrior, <laughs> social media. Definitely. I don't know. It wasn't even social media when I got diagnosed. Exactly. Either. I, I don't think, think Facebook. my space was even out. I think that came right. a little bit later on. Right. And so now I'm so thankful for you know, honestly, social media in that way. And thankfully, you know, I've, I'm very intentional about who I follow, um, who I connect with on social media. Me because I'm as a we very know, big energy person. So, okay. Exactly. Exactly. It can be toxic. So we have to be careful, but when it's used in the right way, it can be a very powerful tool. Yeah. And I've connected with some of the most amazing people through Instagram, through Facebook support groups. And those are things that, you know, didn't exist whenever I was first diagnosed. And that's why it felt so lonely. Um, but now we can connect with people all over the world who are dealing with those same, same challenges as us. So definitely find a community of people, um, either in person or online, that can help support you in this journey, for sure. And if you, if you haven't found that community yet, you can always be a part of my community. <laughs> <laughs> I, I agree. You can be a part of mine too. I'm so with you on that one. She definitely has a good screen and she always does these really, really awesome reels that um, are just phenomenal. Uh, rather it's talking about her business, rather it's talking about the autocolitis or rather saying, hey, I don't mean worries. I'm fighting too. Do you want to be friends and let's get through it together? Which I think, like I said, she keeps on using the words we, us, our to share uh, and join and welcoming, opening arms. Uh, April, can you please give my kings and queens before I certify you where they can find you at, where you're located uh, as far as your Instagram, Facebook, those things, mm -hmm. those platforms. Yeah. 
Thank you. So yes, so I mostly hang out on Instagram just because I love the platform so much. And on Instagram, I'm virtually April Michelle. Um, I do have a website, which is also virtually aprilmichelle.com. And then on Facebook, I'm also virtually April Michelle. <laughs> so um, any of those platforms, you can reach out to me. I always tell everybody my DMs are always open. And um, I love connecting with different people. So if you happen to stop by, feel free to, you know, leave a comment, send me a DM. Um, let me know where you're from, what you're struggling with. And, you know, let's, let's work through this together. So this is my favorite part. This is my favorite part of the podcast. April, <laughs> you are sweet. You are genuine. You are intentional, inclusive. You are open and you have opened your heart up to people for the things that they struggle with, allowing them to also be empowered by having a job from home and teaching people how to inquire these jobs and to show them where the money resides, where the money resides. You have opened your heart up to me and have did one-on-one -on -one trainings. I'm so thankful for those. April, you are a strong individual. You are one sick bee. The definition of one sick bee is a strong individual that fights or faces unimaginable, undeniable, courageous battles that life threw at you, April, without warning, but you don't carry the spirit of brokenness. Your energy is, is phenomenal. Uh, so I certified one sick bee, certify you, April, as one sick bee. Thank you for coming on One Sick Bee Podcast. I appreciate it from the bottom of my heart. Thank you so much. And I will wear that badge with honor. Thank you, kings and queens. This is One Sick Bee signing out. This is virtually April. Please go follow, salute, stop by, say hi, DM. Let her know what you're going through, how you're feeling for the day. And salute this queen and give her her flowers while she's here on Instagram. Thank you, kings and queens, for listening to One Sick Bee. Until next time. Know you gotta read between the lines, but it's okay, you on it. Know you got some people in your life that's gonna make you want it. Know you got some people by your side when you look into their eyes. All you ever do is smile, cause they make you worth it. Already know this life ain't perfect, but you gotta work it. You gotta adapt it to the pain, and you got used to hurting. You're the one that's needed help, you used to offer service. You're not alone, not by yourself, now don't forget that. You're always fighting, always fighting for the get back. And you always trying, always grinding, and I'm with that. You're such a fighter, and your strength is where your gifts at. You know every day's a fight, but every day you getting up and perform. When you think it's nothing left, you gotta know you got more. Let's not forget that God sent the strongest soldiers to war. Like, God sent the strongest soldiers to war. Every day's a fight, but every day you getting up to perform. And when you think it's nothing left, you gotta know you got more. Let's not forget that God sent the strongest soldiers to war. Like, God sent the strongest soldiers to war.